Welcome to the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast. I'm Simon Delarue and with me today are Jim Fuller, the editor of the Guernsey Press, and Matt Fallais, a reporter with the Guernsey Press as of today and also uh, formerly a member of the States of Deliberation. Uh, welcome to you. Morning, uh, Simon. Um, and... We are today having a tax review special. Why a special on the tax review? Well, because uh, this is uh, the major item of business for the states to be discussed in this political term. Um, Politically, we're expecting it to be something of a bun fight. And uh, economically, it's going to have profound consequences for you and I for a very long time to come. So, um, gentlemen... Let's let's reiterate that point first, shall we? Why is this such an important tentpole in the life of this uh, state? Well, I think it must be the most important debate since the zero ten debate, which was in two thousand and six, um, because it will set the framework for the island's finances and how much tax we pay and how much spending there is for for years to come. Um, so, uh, you know, other than c- c- defence, which the states don't really deal with, um, you know, managing the economy and public finances is about the most important thing that a government does. So this is this is a this is a big ticket item for the states, you know, about as big as it gets. But of course, the, the challenge, Matt, that, that we're seeing here is that uh, how much tax and how much spend, and, and that's the the issue that nobody can quite agree on. Everybody knows that there is uh, a shortfall in states finances that's accepted by everybody i think whatever side of the debate that they are on but nobody's quite sure about how much we should be taxing and how much we should be spending so effectively it's yeah it's a debate within a debate and arguably that second point makes it very difficult to resolve the first one yeah i'm surprised actually it was just over two years into this state's term and i am surprised that policy and resources haven't before now early didn't go out and start a public conversation about how big the size of the state should be and what the level of public spending should be and what the consequences would be on taxation at different levels of spending. Because although you're not going to get people standing on the steps of the Royal Court demanding to pay additional tax, I do think that a broader public conversation would have increased information out there and there could have been... um, a, a, a package put together that I think there was at least more kind of community understanding about. My biggest, if I was sitting on policy and resources now, my biggest fear wouldn't be whether the proposals get through the states. The, my fear would be getting the proposals through next week and then uh, not getting them implemented before the next election, which you know, Deputy Furbrush says is the key timetable. I, I don't see how, how they could do do it in the, in the space of two years. And if it flows into the election, then, uh, you know, the, it's almost too late in the term to, to be discussing and resolving this, isn't it? Do the states as a whole have a opportunity to dictate those terms? So once, if it was to be approved, does it ever come back to the states and there's an opportunity to torpedo things in that way? Or is it... Uh, or go, 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 and it's simply a matter of um, logistics, whether it gets over the line or not. Well, there would need to be legislation, so it, it, there would be opportunities to torpedo it. Um, but you can see what what could happen. The states could vote for this package from PNR. I mean, almost invariably, that there'll be a raquette, won't there, a few months before the election from a group of members saying, let's pause it by a year or let's revisit it in the early in the next term i just the timetable 
is is in many ways the package is is quite thought through and in some ways has been quite conscientiously put together but the the timetable is really you know i think pnr are really up against it with their timetable one could argue that if you if you're always concerned about any major item being subject to being kiboshed by a raquette prior to an election that you're never going to get anything done uh, you well know matt that we've experienced the similar sort of uh, problems with education um, strategies as well um, but um, the let, let's just have a look at the um, how this has panned out so far uh, since the last election uh, it was a significant topic of debate um, before the last election as, as you well know you were a candidate and everybody was being asked about their views on uh, GST very many most uh, who were elected said they were dead against it including the current members of the uh, policy and resources who are now advocating it, saying that they, you know, saw the figures once they lifted up the hood and and thing, you know, it, they had a sort of Damascene conversions, if you like, um, and they've tried already to bring this uh, through the states, and then they were forced to delay it when, frankly, it looked like they were going to fail when it, they were going to be outvoted, um, and now we reach this point where, as far as PNR are concerned if it doesn't happen now the timetable is too late so it's it's now or never to get this lot through um, but as we've all acknowledged they face a significant battle um, because most of well not most uh, a significant number of their usual allies when they're trying to force decisions through the current PNR committee um, have already very publicly stated their opposition specifically to the GST part of this uh, tax review. Now, before we continue our discussion on uh, what's been going on, what we might expect from this uh, debate on uh, the 25th of uh, January, um, let's just hear, shall we, from a conversation that I had uh, uh, earlier from um, with um, two guests that we invited in here, uh, experts in their field, to uh, tell us their anticipation of what might happen and how they view the situation. We had um, the uh, uh, president of the Chamber of Commerce in Diane Dagari, and uh, first of all, the uh, former states economist, also the founder of the International Sustainability Institute, and indeed a regular columnist here with us at the Guernsey Press. Uh, that's Andy Sloan. And I began by asking him uh, whether he really bought this argument that there will be by 24 a structural deficit in Guernsey's economy of the tune of about £100 million. <laughs> I'd actually say no, it should be bigger, probably a couple of hundred million quid, the way that the spending growth has been going over the last 10 years and the way that economic growth has gone. So they've been, we've been growing slower than we've been spending. And, you know, uh, if something doesn't change, it could be a couple of hundred million quid. Right, so we're starting on the basis then that, we, that when the alarm bells are being rung, we are taking them very seriously and clearly um, solutions are required. Do you also agree with uh, the proponents of these uh, original proposals that uh, a large amount of the weight of this solution has to be carried by increases in taxation of one kind or another? Not really. Um, I mean, I personally, here's the thing, I think the tax burden has already increased quite significantly over the last 10 years. Because for the last 10 years, spending has gone up by 2% per annum and basically GDP has gone up by 0.5% per annum. So the mismatch is leading to a, a structural deficit. Now, something's got to give. So spending's got to give or you've got to improve growth, preferably both. But in terms of the tax regime, 
No, I mean, I personally don't think there is a need to massively increase the tax burden if you revise the tax regime to boost competitiveness and you expanded the tax net to incorporate um, more than individuals. Okay, so expanding the tax net will still therefore increase the revenue that's that's being brought in, but you're saying without an extra burden on the households, presumably. And I stand like, I'm going to sound like an economist now, but... <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, that's what I'm here for. But you've got, you've got the domestic circular flow of income, yeah? And that's, what, that's basically what we've been taxing. And when we introduced Zero Ten, we said that we're going to shift that burden on individuals. What's happened is we've shifted the burden even more than we ever intended because spending's gone up much faster than, uh, than, it, than income there. Now, I sort of tend to agree with the territorial uh, corporate tax guys. I was at the States when we did the corporate tax review. In fact, I... Re- I managed the corporate tax review in 2010-2011 and there's opportunity there to expand the net and bring in revenues uh, from the corporate sector. Um, obviously, I'm publishing the report next week and I'll see what the, the Motor GSTs have got to say on Monday night. But alongside that, I think there's a radical revision of the personal tax regimes required because I don't think the way that it's been proposed, there's anything to stop taxes just continually rising because the experience of the last 10 years is is that nobody's stopping the states continuing to expend to, to, to increase spending faster than incomes coming in? Andrew, a chamber point of view on that? Well, yeah, we definitely agree with that. The last point and and broadening the tax base generally, you know, is is the way forward. Whether that's corporate tax, so to see it all bought in one go would be good. But you know, we've got less than half of our workforce are the ones paying into the tax at the moment for more than half. So we need to, you know, need to increase the workforce. We've talked about net migration of 350 a year, I think the states are proposing, but it's not actual policy. And we have a huge amount of people in Guernsey not working, like particularly, as Steve puts in the report, Steve Rooksell from Chamber, women from 45 to 60, we could be getting people back to work and, you know, increasing the number of people paying into the tax pot. And how, how do we go about doing that as a community? Loads of ways. Better parental leave, childcare policies, it not being prohibitive to get back to work. You know, it, it, it's almost a luxury having children and a career, if, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing I do quite emotionally object to about the proposals is the fact that working families and single parents are going to pay the highest burden under the proposed proposals from PNR. I, it's unbelievable that... And when you are talking about the spending increases, it's been driven by demographics, by the old age and whatever. Well, that, we get that, right? And as Diane said, but you've got less and less workers paying more and more. Then at some point, you've you know something's got to give. You can't keep taxing the same people. Uh, at some point, it breaks. But the fact that you know when you basically say we've got a demographic issue that's creating a lot of these spending pressures, um, but we're going to tax the people that are basically doing their bit to help that demographic issues. Families should be, and single parents should be supported through the tax regime, not penalised. So we have, um, it's argued by PNR, um, too much of a focus of uh, extracting revenue for, uh, through income tax from those earning money. And the, the number of people earning income tax is going to dwindle. So you're saying that uh, we need to find the extra money through... I'm not against, personally, I'm not sector. against GST. I'm an economist, GST is efficient. I personally prefer a balance of uh, higher levels of GST and lower levels of income tax. That's my personal preference. And what rate would you like to see GST at? Uh, well, I don't, what I don't believe in terms of the proposals is introducing a GST on its own as a solution because it won't do it. All it does is it, provi- it, it, it rewards the extra spending that's been going on. 
So unless you revise absolutely everything, then you, I wouldn't introduce GST. I would revise the whole regime. I would introduce a flat tax across social, across uh, income tax, um, across corporate tax, and, and, and take that radical approach and make the tax regime much more competitive. But in terms of what rate of GST, if you look at Jersey, Jersey raised more on income tax than we do. And they've had GST for the last 10, 15 years. And the fact is they're running a deficit. So it's quite obvious they'll, they'll end up at GST at 10% very soon. And it's quite obvious if you, if, if, you only, if you look at the numbers, because we're on the same page here, because of a lack of population, a lack of growth. Guernsey has not grown in the last 10 years. That's been the problem. And the, for my view is, is the proposals don't even register that point. It is just a bookkeeping exercise going, we've got a shortfall of of the of X, we're going to raise X in new revenues. And that's what the exercise has been about. There's been no economics put into it. There's been no thought to boosting growth. There's been no thought to extending the participation rates. None of that has happened. It is just an accounting exercise. And so it's fairly damning of the uh, the committee that have put this together. Then you've given well, they, they, they've taken a while to put it together. Well, they've I mean, had to delay as well. I mean, this, this well, yeah, we say this, but... I, Hang on a minute. I, if, I, if I remember rightly, uh, when I was state economist, we had a we had a, we had a personal tax regime and never got anywhere either. Um, and I, that was in 2012, 2013. The states has been, I won't say the committee, the states has been not getting around to it for a long time now. The corporate tax review, we were supposed to be revising our corporate tax regime. I remember I did that one the first time around because it's zero ten, but that was going to be revised as well. We're still there. Nothing's happened. I won't blame the committee. I just say, you know, but I don't like the proposals as they are. But I'm not against GST. We, we think it's a solution right. to the problem. We just don't necessarily think it's the best solution on the table. And I think we, we like the broadening of the tax base, but we want to see, you know, a better proposal coming all together and a, a actual planned reduction in, in, in costs that we were promised. You know, that was canned two years into this term with no... No replacement, no efforts, and we can't just say there are no costs to cut. Like it won't be enough. We'll still have a deficit, but we need both. I, I think, you know, the, the biggest concern with putting this GST is it is just a license to spend more, like Andy says, and you know it will then keep going up because of that, and it, it's a get out of jail card. Yeah, yeah it's a get out of jail. Card. Absolutely, it's a free pass because you know if there's no. There's no discipline, there's no controls, it'll be five, it'll be ten, it'll be fifteen. Because it'll be just there, it'll be a like like Dan says, a license to print money. Um and I don't on its own it's not a solution. But it's got to be part of a package of measures. My personal preferred package is a radical revision to the whole personal regime. But there are other things too, in terms of population, it has been a cause of a lack of growth, or the lack of population has become well, that was a political decision back in you know, back in the day. Um so it's about Taking everything in the round and doing packaging measures rather than just saying, look, we're 60 million short, how do we fill that hole? And the comprehensive changes that you're advocating, would, would you see them uh, being within the gift of the states to impose? Or do you think that it's going to be a sort of a long process, sorry, politically, the states, um, or would it require a long process of sort of consultation? Or do you think all the, the knowledge is out there that we just need to press ahead with it anyway? Yeah. Nothing's ever quick in in states world, is it? But the to be fair, the prob well the issue is that lots of people have lots of different opinions about the preferred solution. But everyone's agreed that there, or many people are agreed that the GST on its own is not 
the answer. Um, I, you know, so I blame the government almost like that. I blame the, the machinery government we've got is a, a sad indictment of the situation because nobody stands on the manifesto with proposals. So it's not like we, you know, we, we voted Labour or we voted Tory at the last election because they said they were going to do this and they did this and they said they were going to do that. Nobody actually ever comes to the table with a, with a real proposal. And that is the problem, the Guernsey sort of political well, system. To be fair, most deputies stood on a proposal of not increasing yeah, taxes. Well, I mean, there is that. Cutting costs. But, but well, there was one deputy who, who said, who didn't rule out GST in his manifesto and he topped the poll, so he didn't do too badly. Although he's now uh, perhaps not of that opinion. But, um, well, I'm, I, I was surprised. <laughs> I'm interested to see which way that vote goes, eh? Yeah. I was wondering um, how you think it's going to play out from a from a political point of view. I mean, you, you, you guys kick the can. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, well, uh, we understand that uh, one of the um, moves that's being brought here is is, is a Cersei motive from uh, Deputy Merveld. We haven't seen it in print yet, but uh, he's indicated that he's planning to bring that, which could well end up being debated almost immediately. So. There is a an official mechanism already in play to kick the can down the road and to, to discuss this later. Yeah, I'm not here to do politics. Basically, uh, the institute we were, as the institute we were, we were approached over the, the Christmas about why we weren't doing a contribution on the debate, and I started to look at it and thought, well, do you know what, I can't legitimately not pass comment. You know, not when I've sort of created a think tank to talk about fiscal issues. Um, and, but broadly speaking, in terms of where the states get to, where I'd like them to get to is, I think nobody ever pays attention until the last minute, do they? And that's the thing. You know, you can consult till the cows come home, and it's not until it actually gets down to brass tacks, there's a vote, and people go, hold on a second, I'll pay attention now. I mean, I didn't you know, read the proposals until the week before, because I didn't even realise there was any, because I just saw the, the website, and they were published on the website, which is annoying, um, but they were published in the, in the policy letter, and it's like, well, how was I supposed to appreciate that? If I'd gone to the website, nobody told me. Um, so I do believe, I would like to think, you know, having myself sort of woken up and decided to sort of like give it some thought and, and put, put in my two penny worth, as it were, that there would be a, a different consideration. I don't think the race to close the deficit is that quick. Is, is that, it's urgent, but it's not super urgent that it's got to be done in January. I think that now that everyone's woken up to, to things, there is an opportunity to review. And personally, like I said, I've you know, putting on the putting on the table a proposal that we should look at radically changing the whole regime, and I would like to think if the numbers stack up that we you know it would be a duty on us to actually look at the regime in detail, because there is an opportunity I think, or we do need to use the opportunity to look at what's going on in the economy, and actually to you know to acknowledge that the last ten years weren't as tickety boo as you know we you know as we would like them to have been. And the fact that the lack of growth over the last 10 years has contributed to the position we're in. And if we're going to have a demographic problem going forward, we are going to need more workers. Can we look at everything in the round and look at participation rates, look at the cost of childcare, look at, you know, looking at ranges of measures, whilst acknowledging that in the long run, the demographics, the fact that we've got more older people, uh, which cost more in pensions and cost more in health, means that everything else has got to be maybe, can't spend as much on everything as we would have liked to. And we've got to manage manage that better, please. Um, I do think that now everyone's woken up to, there's a real proposal on the table. Now people are thinking about, well, would I do that specifically? Maybe not. And Diane, can I finish by asking you, um, you've said what you fear might happen with a, with a, a delay of some description. Or what, what do you hope will 
be the outcome of this tax review debate, given that there is the potential for all sorts of different sorts of amendments to come in that might change and manipulate the the, the picture. So there's a there's a whole smorgasbord of possibilities of what we might end up with at the end of this. So I think we would like to see the entire tax proposal, like corporate tax review is still to come. So if we could have that all at the same time mm. rather than piecemeal, we need joined up thinking we need a joined up government don't we i mean but what we've got at the moment is decisions to spend for all the gold-plated schemes you know the schools way more expensive and who knows what's happening with that the alternate runway everything we're going like the high-end spend and we need the whole review together but joined up with those decisions as well Diane Degari, the president of the Guernsey Chamber of Commerce, and Andy Sloan, former states economist and the founder of International Sustainability Institute, there speaking to me earlier. Um, so uh, Jim Fuller and Matt Fellies uh, still with me here. Um, with those uh, views having been expressed about, um, you know, radical reform needed, uh, more radical even than what's being proposed here, um, do you think that we're likely to um, see... Uh, this particular introduction of GST, which is the thing everybody's focusing on, um, if you like, kick down the road? Mm, I suspect, uh, I suspect probably not. I think everybody's aware of the issue so much. And really, it is time for people to get off the fence. You either are going to favour one model or you're not. Uh, you know, there is an alternative to, uh, you know, there are alternative routes to get out of it. There is obviously the option to to vote with the policy letter. So um, I, I think you know, yes, okay. And there, there is likely to be a Cersei opportunity, but I feel you know, arguably that would be the seen potentially as the weakest of all positions to uh, to grab that and not olive branch, but uh, <laughs> opportunity, I guess. We should, I suppose, um, spell out how we see this this panning out and when we when we arrive there at the states on wednesday the 25th of january uh, first of all uh, according to the schedule we're going to have a an update statement from the alderney representatives that's the first thing on the agenda then there's going to be some question time um they've already had discussion whereby they're going to bump uh, the development and planning authorities policy letter on uh, amenity um so we will then finally get onto the tax probably around just before or after lunchtime on the first day and then we'll have a, uh, a presentational sort of opening of the policy letter by the President of Policy and Resources, Deputy Peter Fairbrush. And then the next item that they're going to be obliged to look at, unless it's been withdrawn between now and then, is going to be Deputy Carl Meerveld's Circe uh, to... Um, delay any consideration of GST until such time as there's been a, uh, a thorough investigation of the possibilities for corporation tax. That's what we're going to start off with. So if that succeeds, then that's where the debate ends for now. If it fails, then we go on to amendments. And we are already aware of some significant amendments that have been put forward. Uh, one is from Deputy Charles Parkinson, one of the group of nine deputies who've aligned themselves behind the public campaign Say No to GST. He wants an investigation into corporate tax. We should spell out PNR also wants an investigation into corporate tax, but he wants it done first before consideration of a GST, whereas they want it done, the GST done first and then the investigation. Um, and the other significant um, 
Uh, oh, sorry, I should also say he wants zero uh, ten revisited as well. And the other significant uh, amendment coming through is from Deputy Heidi Salisbury, backed by Deputy Governor St. Pierre and others, uh, which is uh, styled as a fairer alternative in which they are wanting to also um, place the burden more on the corporate sector than on households who they say have been punished enough since zero ten. Uh, Matt, can I ask you, given that this item keeps coming up, zero ten, just to describe for us in layman's terms, because um, it happened just before you were sort of ushered in uh, to the States. Um, zero ten, what was it about and what effect did it have? So the challenge that the States have now with this uh, gap in public finances is partly caused by the decision, uh, whether it was necessary or not, is, is not a debate for today probably, but, but the decision that was made was to reduce the general rate of company tax from 20% to 0%. Um, partly to, to remain internationally competitive and partly to comply with European Union codes on uh, business taxation. But that costs several tens of millions of pounds of income every year. And there was a, a recognition when that decision was made that there would be a transfer of uh, that, that shortfall from the company sector to individuals. And that's what's happened over the past 10, 15 years, individuals, households, uh, in Guernsey are paying more tax and the company, the corporate sector is paying less tax pr proportionately. And just to complete that sort of uh, reminder, sort of definition, which companies are paying the zero rate? Because not all of them are, are they? No. So, so the, the general rate is zero percent and some uh, business activities are taxed at 10 percent and some, an even smaller group, are, are still taxed at 20 percent. But but the general rate is zero percent. Now, in the last few years, actually, the, the states have expanded the ten percent bracket a bit, so there are more companies that are falling into that. But the arguments of of uh, deputies Parkinson and Salisbury and others is there is room to increase the general rate of company tax from zero percent to something like ten percent, twelve percent, fifteen percent, without making Guernsey uncompetitive for business in a way that would raise tens of millions more per year. I think PNR is saying there's some room to raise additional taxes from business, but not so much that we don't still need GST. And that obviously is going to be one of the fault lines in the debate next week. So two groups of deputies saying reasonably similar things, but in rather different style, perhaps. Do we see these different groups coalescing around the same message, one agreeing to back the other? Potentially, and Matt would know better than I really, but... That depends on whether people are, are playing politics or not, I suppose. The, um, you, you have a position uh, when you enter the debate. If you see which way the wind is blowing, you might uh, back somebody else's horse to, to get an ultimate result or ultimately knock out what you don't want to see rather than secure what you do want to see. So I think, you know, and, if, and particularly, as I think you've indicated already, uh, the, split, the the traditional divisions within the states are torn up for this debate we're already seeing um people who are uh, standard backers of pnr and the coalition uh, resolutely on the other side and so all bets are off really in terms of uh, you know where where people are going to sit it's going to be uh, it's going to be one of the most interesting elements i don't think the numbers look that healthy for pnr actually because uh, as James says, that they have, they will lose the votes of some of those who nearly always vote with them on, on major issues. So the question then becomes, how many from the other side, as it were, can they pull across? Now, um, Deputy Roffey is 
you know, is, is presenting the proposals alongside them. How many of, of those who normally vote with him are going to come along with GST and this package? I think it could be very few. So where PNR normally starts with a kind of 23-17 advantage, I think if you were a PN, if you're doing the numbers for PNR, you can probably get to about 17 or 18 reliable votes, but not much further than that. So I, that and given the range of alternatives, there are now going to be placed before the states by amendment. I think um, you know if, if you were betting on it, I think you would probably say PNR face a, an uphill struggle to get these proposals through. Well, in terms of the two serious options on the table, opposed rather than the PNR uh, proposal, you've already got sixteen names behind that. So seventeen versus sixteen is uh, as close as you can get with seven floaters. So that, yeah, they will they will hold the key. And, and cards on the table. We are recording this on Friday the 13th uh, to go out on Monday the uh, 16th, which is when details of this amendment from Deputy Heidi Soulsby are being uh, released to the public. As far as we know, the PNR committee don't even know about it yet. Um, and so we don't know what their response is going to be to it. It's feasible given that, um, whether you might consider it unlikely, but nevertheless feasible, given that they have said, if anybody comes along with a better solution, then we'd welcome it with open arms, that they might actually um, agree to support some of these measures, perhaps even all of it with certain amendments they might want to bring along. So we, it, <laughs> you're looking at me rather askance there, Matt, as if you think that's very unlikely. Well, I, one of the challenges I think PNR face is that both of these substantial amendments, this is the one from Deputy Parkinson and the one from Deputy Salisbury, they both involve setting up special states committees, basically to go back to the beginning and look at the whole question of tax and public spending again. Now, the reality is that that like rips a big part of policy and resources mandate away from it. It's a bit like saying, you know, a debate about education, set up a special committee to resolve the future of education, which doesn't really involve education, sport and culture. I mean, I think that's whether PNR like some of the ideas in, in, in these uh, amendments, I think they will have some concerns that they will lose control completely of, of the, the future tax package. Um, if either of these substantial amendments goes through. So I, I don't think PNR will, will support either of those amendments. And ultimately then, if, if either of those amendments is successful, it's going to be uh, quite, a, quite well, potentially humiliating, or at least a loss of face for the current PNR committee. Do you think they'll have sufficient enthusiasm for it to continue? Or are we looking at... So the major political upheaval as well. That is a point that uh, I did raise with Deputy Fairbrush. Uh, and of course, he batted it away, as one would expect. I mean, he's not going to predict de defeat uh, in the opening yeah. in the opening week of um, <clears throat> of, of the battle. Uh, however, yeah, I mean, depending perhaps on the extent of the um, uh, of any potential defeat, they would have to take a view on whether they really would have the stomach to uh, you know, to go ahead with something that that they didn't support. Fun, you know, fundamentally, it's interesting that the Chamber of Commerce have defined the the, the, the PNR report as a as a fait accompli, and that I think is a really accurate description of of what's been presented. It's like we've done all the work, um, and all we can think of is is this, which effectively is not much different to what it was back in the summer of 2021 when the options were GST or more income tax, but really we don't like more income tax. So, you know, it's still all about GST. And frankly, this this um, 
the the PNR proposals are how can we make GST palatable, you know, and sense all the uh, revisions of income tax and stuff to make sure that a certain number of people are not overly disadvantaged. But it's all you know. There's a, as far as PNR are concerned, there is only one game in town. And they think they've you know, turned every stone looking for that golden armor and haven't found it. And so that's that's where they are. Mm. So I guess any other option isn't going to be met with massive enthusiasm. That question you, you raised there, how can we make GST palatable, immediately made me think of uh, our reporter Lucy Rouget, who came to me earlier today and said, can you think of a retailer who's in favour? Because <laughs> she, she was getting a very biased picture and wanted to balance it up, but I, I wasn't able to help. Um, I think it's uh, it's always going to be a challenge. Um, but even some of the opponents, uh, you know, uh, today we're hearing from uh, deputies Holt Salisbury and, and St. Pierre, um, they're not ruling out a future GST from what they're proposing they're saying it might still have to come in eventually but now would be a terrible time so you know but it's never going to be perceived uh, as a palatable option for this population there's there's always this option that um we need to broaden the tax base we're too dependent on income tax uh you know one accepts that in a in a limited format at the end of the day you know we are not all racking our brains thinking of extra ways that, that we can pay tax but we know there's only one game in town in terms of returning significant numbers so if you had a cons- you know some kind of consumption tax which effectively you have everywhere else in the world that would make sense for government from a Guernsey perspective, when you haven't got it, one is a total fear of, of it being introduced. But the, almost the biggest fear that the community has is where next after 5%. You know, and this is the problem. You, you don't stop government spending. And of course, everybody doesn't want government to spend money apart from when they want to spend money in the issue that matters to them at that particular time. But and and that is the you know, the other issue that the states is wrestling with slash doesn't want to really look at. But um, you know, how long before GST becomes six percent, eight percent, ten percent, twenty percent? You know, here we are in, in VAT land, uh, and and yeah, that is I think that is really what worries what, what worries Islanders is, is um, you know is where where we go next because so where, know, where we're there, just opening that door. Where there is greatest disagreement in the states really is about the underlying assumptions. So yeah, how big is the deficit actually? How much can public expenditure be reduced by? What will the rate of economic growth be over the next few years? Because you can change, make small adjustments to those assumptions and it makes a big difference to the size of the deficit that you're trying to fill. I was slightly surprised that PNR didn't go for a two-stage approach where they actually tried to get states' agreement to some of those underlying assumptions and then come back and say, well, look, We've agreed these are the underlying assumptions about growth and the the amount that needs to be raised through additional tax uh, and which taxes you're prepared to consider and then present that to the states. I, I think the, st- the other states members may have found it slightly harder to get out of that rather than the, the way that PNR has done it. And the, the, the odd thing politically is that PNR is relying on... on um, so, so its normal space of support in the states is made up largely of deputies who went into the into the election saying we stand against additional tax rises and in particular against GST. There is a body of states members who didn't say that, who said we think actually there does need to be some increase in tax and we're open-minded about GST. Most of them seem to be opposed to PNR's package. So that is how difficult this is going to be for PNR to get it through. They are going to need probably 12, 14 votes of deputies who 
made anti-GST pledges at the election. And I think they'll get some of them, but to get all of them is going to be a really tough ask. Well, the whole process of this uh, state's debate towards the end of January, beginning on Wednesday the 25th and continuing in theory to uh, Friday the 27th, is uh, going to be absolutely fascinating. The consequences are going to be profound. Politically, it's going to be bruising. And from the political nerd point of view, it's going to be great. Uh, so really looking forward to covering it. Um, now, we've got uh, plenty more for you to listen to right here on this feed uh, over the coming days. Uh, I'll be uh, going along to a presentation from Deputy Charles Parkinson at Saint-Pierre Park. That's a public presentation he's putting on there at six o'clock on uh, Monday the 16th. On Tuesday the 17th, there's an open meeting from Policy and Resources at Beaux-Ajour. That's at seven o'clock. Again, that's open uh, to the public. And um, I'm also going to be going along to a um, presentation from Andy Sloan, who we heard from earlier uh, on Thursday to get some more details about some of the um, uh, opinions he's wanting to express on this particular matter. In addition to that, I'll be doing... Uh, one-on-one uh, -on -one interviews in the coming week with uh, deputies Peter Fairbrush, Peter Roffey, Heidi Salisbury, Chris Blinn, and uh, ending with a, uh, a debate between deputies Peter Fairbrush and Carl Meerveld. So that's all to come here on this podcast feed. And uh, in addition, of course, when it comes to it, uh, myself and Matt here will be uh, presenting for you a review of each day of the state's procedures when the meeting actually comes. And of course, not forgetting that six days a week you'll be able to read all about it in detail in the uh, pages of our physical paper so uh, stay right here and keep buying the paper and you'll be fully informed as to what goes down with this whole uh, gst and tax review uh, debate but from uh, from matt and jim and myself that's all for now goodbye